All right, well, it's so good to be with everyone today. And, and I actually want to just start really quick with a question for everyone. Ready? Ready for this question? I literally can say anything right now. Have you ever played, or do you remember ever playing the game I Spy? Remember that game, I Spy? Some of you might be thinking, yeah, I think I remember that game. And some of you might be thinking, ah, I don't know. And some of you are like, remember, I actually play with my kids right now or my grandkids or like, like whoever. Okay, so I don't know how familiar you are with I Spy, but this is how it kind of goes, okay? So the leader of I Spy says this phrase, I spy with my little eye something, and then they describe the thing that they're spying, and it's typically something that like everyone can see, but they might not be aware of, and then the people playing will try to guess, okay, I think you're saying this, or you th- I think you're seeing this, and then finally, when someone guesses what they're spying, the person wins, and then they're the leader of the next round. I spy with my little eye. It's a, it's a really fun game. <laughs> In fact, if you know the game or not, we're actually going to play it right now, okay? We're going to play I Spy, and I know what you're thinking. Oh my goodness, yes. I came to church and we're playing games. You're right. This is fun. We're going to have fun, okay? If you're on the podcast, this is not fun for you. It might be fun, but you can't see. So you can either come back to this uh, part of the message or just try to imagine. Okay, ready? I Spy. I'm the leader. So I Spy with my little eye, something black. <laughs> Any guesses? Any guesses? Any, it's not the TV. It's not the stand. Any guesses? It's not the light. No, it's not the micro. It's my black sweatshirt. You got it. There you go. Congratulations. You win. This was kind of a lame round because it's literally the thing that most people can see. In fact, here's a pro tip for I spy. Pro tip right now. I spy is about focusing on something that people typically don't focus on. I did a bad job. Round two. Okay, let's go round two. I spy. I'm going to focus on something that people don't focus on. I spy with my little eye something white. Any guesses? Guitar? No, it's not the guitar. Not the piano. That's a good guess. No, no, it's not not the uh, little words right there. It's not the screen. It's... My fingernail tips. (laughs) Okay, I know what you're thinking. Like, what are you talking about? But that's I spy. Like, I got you, okay? I'm not the person when I'm having a conversation with someone like, hey, what did you eat for lunch? And I'm just like super focusing on their fingernails. Like, man, that's a good manicure. No, I'm not that person. Maybe you are, but I'm not. That's I spy. The game that focuses on things that people typically don't focus on. And this is really important for kids because it's great with a lot of like cognitive development stuff. It teaches them to like seek things out, to be aware of stuff that's in front of them. I spy with my little eye. There you go. That was so fun. Okay. I need to welcome everyone right now. So I want to, I want, we just jumped in with a game. I want to welcome everyone in this room. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome everyone online. Go ahead and light up that chat. If you're on a podcast, we're so glad you're here. I don't know if you're driving, cooking, clean. I don't know what you're doing, but glad you're tuning in. Hey, uh, Gospel Fusion, what's up? We're so glad that you're here right now. Traditions, Chinese, Fitchburg, what's up? Downtown, where are my people at? Can I hear you make some noise? Great. Okay. Uh, to the Spanish-speaking folks, bienvenidos a Blackhawk. My name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Blackhawk Church. And today, we are talking about justice. 
justice. Now, some of you might be thinking, why? Like, really, justice? Come on, Blackhawk, what are you doing? Well, because justice is really, really important to God. We've been going through this series called Live This Book, and in this series, we've learned that God has chosen a people to draw a rebellious people to him, to show people his character. And according to the Old Testament, the number one way that people can show God's character is through justice. Number one way, justice. Think of it this way. So God created humanity at the beginning of the Bible. He created human beings. You and me were his children and were created in his image, this God who cares about justice. And the moment someone who's created in God's image experiences an injustice, oppression, exploitation, poverty, you name it, the list goes on. The moment they experience that, it's the moment that their ability to image God decreases. There's limitations on their ability to live in that image that they were created to live in. Therefore, God's people need to be people who are all about justice, not only advocating for justice for themselves, but advocating for justice for other people to restore the image of God in people. God is all about justice. The Bible is all about justice. You can't read the Bible without seeing it. And according to God, if his people aren't all about justice, then they no longer need to be his people because they're not living out the number one thing that God is calling them to live out, his character. But here's the reality. I know that, I know that when I said the word justice, there was a lot of different things that came to different, different minds because today, today the word justice, it can mean a lot of different things. A lot of different things. I'm sure that when you heard me say we're going to be teaching on justice, you were like, can we skip this week? Like, like, this is a heavy topic. I don't know if I want to honestly like sit here and listen to this. And some of you might have been thinking like, all right, it's about time. Like, I've been waiting for us to talk about justice. And other people, honestly, you're sitting here right now. You're like, I'm tired Like my coffee hasn't kicked in right now. And honestly, I just want to come to church and I don't want to have to do something when I'm done. I just want to sit down. I want to focus on God. And if that's you and wherever you're at, I honestly want to say, I get it. I get it. Today, the word justice can mean so many different things to so many different people. The word justice is complex. The word justice it, it demands a lot from us. It can be overwhelming. The word justice can be divisive. The word justice has become highly politicized. Justice is a hard word, but if we're God's people, then we have to move towards it. We have to move towards justice. So I just want to humbly ask where, wherever you're coming today with the word justice, whatever you think about the word justice, I want to ask you to just hang that definition up, honestly, if you could. And I want to invite everyone to listen to how the Bible defines justice. What is biblical justice and how can that change our lives? So in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for justice that's used most often is mishpat. Mishpat. 
Now, mishpat, while it can mean like a retributive justice, like if you do the crime, you got to pay the time, like it can mean that, but more often than not, it means like something to restore. It's this restorative justice. A pastor at Blackhawk Church, who used to be a pastor, Tim Mackey, he uh, works for the Bible Project now, created it, works for it. This is how Tim Mackey defines mishpat, restorative justice. He said, it's about seeking people out who are disadvantaged, to advocate for the vulnerable and to change social structures to prevent further injustice. Often when people are sharing about justice, they'll share a story that's kind of like this, (laughs) different versions of the story. Okay, so (laughs) there were these two people, they're having a picnic by a river. It was this beautiful, warm, sunny day Not like today. You might die if you're having a picnic outside today. It's Midwest February, even though it's kind of a heat wave right now. It's like 30, crazy. But it's sunny, it's warm, it's beautiful. River, they're eating this picnic and then all of a sudden they notice something just kind of floating down the river. And they're like, what is that? Oh my gosh. They look and they're like, that's a person. There's a person floating down the river. We got to do something about this. So they jump into the river. They scoop the person up. They bring them to the dry ground. And then they just tend to their wounds. They're like, that was weird. They go back to eating their picnic. And then they notice coming down the river, another person floating and they're wounded. And then another person and another person. So they're like, What's going on? They jump in, they scoop the person up, they uh, start to tender their wounds. They jump in, scoop up, they keep doing this. Down the river, people keep floating until one of them finally says, okay, what's going on up the river that's causing all of these people to be wounded floating down the river? We gotta go up there, see what's going on, and we gotta do something about it. (laughs) That is justice. You see, the merciful and compassionate thing to do is to go into the river and scoop the person up and to help tend to their wounds. That's a good thing. But justice is when we go up the river and we seek and learn about what's happening and then try to do something about it. That's justice, going to the cause. But therein lies the the trouble, the hardships, because when you go up there, first you got to seek, and then you got to pack up your picnic, and you got to go up the river, and you don't know what that journey is going to look like. But then when you get there, man, you can find all sorts of things. It can be messy. It can be complex. You can find a whole factory that's causing people to be hurt, wounded, floating down the river. And not only that, if you want to do something about it, it's going to cost you. It can cost you your reputation, your time. It can cost you friendships, money. Doing something about it can even cost you your job. Man, justice is overwhelming. But still, God calls us to it. This is what the prophet Isaiah says about justice. He says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. Isaiah is telling the Israelites that they are to be people who are constantly seeking people out who are disadvantaged, to advocate for the vulnerable and to change social structures to prevent further injustice. Essentially, it's all about being people who focus 
on those who aren't focused on. Being a person of justice, it means to go throughout your day with an eye spy with my little eye mindset. It means to constantly look up the river, see what's going on, and to try to do something about it. I spy with my little eye. And the moment we decide we don't want to live that way, the moment we're like, ah, no, I don't want to spy. I don't want to focus on the things that I, that I don't typically focus on. Well, that's the moment that we're missing the mark on what God has called and created us to live by. And I want to talk about that, okay? Because God, he is a God about justice. He's all about justice. In fact, Deuteronomy says this about God and justice. He sa- it says, he is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Now in this series, Live This Book, a lot of uh, the different talks that we've been giving, we've been going through this timeline and it's a timeline of the progression of just kind of the story of God that you can find in the Bible, kind of from Genesis to Revelation. And we've been going through this timeline and taking different topics and seeing how each topic is woven throughout this timeline. And I want to do just that with this topic of justice. So that's what we're going to do. God's plan for humanity. This just God, like I said earlier, he creates human beings. He creates you. He creates me in his image. And he says that we are to care for creation and we are to care for each other. We are to move towards each other with the dignity and respect that everyone deserves because everyone is created in the image of God. That's that's God's plan for humanity, but humanity had a different plan. You see, instead of obeying God, humanity decided that they wanted to come up with what's good and evil. The humans rebel. And in this process of humans coming up with what's good and what's evil, they often did it to the advantage of themselves, even when it came at the disadvantage of others. And all sorts of injustices happen because of that. I spy with my little eye chaos. But then God did something about it. God, he chose a people. God chose Abraham and his descendants, the Israelites, and he's like, I want you guys to be about righteousness. I want all of you to be about justice. And they're like, we will, God, we are gonna follow you. And they did until, as you, as you know in the Bible, they were exiled into Egypt for about 400 years. There were, there were slaves in Egypt. I spy with my little eye injustice. But then God delivered them. And then they were able to wander in the wilderness until they entered into the promised land that God had for them. And then God said, hey, listen, you've been through a lot, but I want you to be people of justice. I want you to live in just ways, but they just couldn't do that. I spy with my little eye, struggle. So God saw that and then God gave them judges but that didn't work. So God gave them kings, but that didn't work. God gave them prophets, but that didn't work. They didn't listen. I spy with my little eye, rebellion. 
God's people rebelled. They didn't take care of the orphan and the widow. They didn't move towards each other with dignity. So God did something. God did something that no one was expecting God to do. He sent himself. Jesus, the king, came. Now, do you know what's really interesting about this? So I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, passage in the Bible, but uh, it's, it's really significant. You see, when Jesus came and he is just about to make his ministry public, okay, Jesus, picture this. He's about to make his ministry public. You think that the words he's going to say are really important, right? <laughs> like, like, this is like your thesis statement, Jesus. This is you, like, this is your premier moment. This is what you are all about. It's like, this is going to be written in the Bible, Jesus. People are going to read this, Jesus. Billions and billions and billions of people, generations and generations and generations, they're going to, they're going to read what you say. So what does Jesus say? <laughs> what is Jesus' like opening statement for his, his ministry. This is what Jesus says. He, in the gospel of Luke, he quotes Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. And Jesus literally, I mean, think about this. He literally could have said anything. He's God. The sky's the limits. But what does Jesus say? He talks about justice. Now, this is Jesus. Like, we can't skip that. This is important. This is what Jesus is saying, justice. Because here's the reality. Jesus, he looked up the river to see what was going on with humanity. He saw it. And then he did something about it. He died. He died on the cross. He paid the penalty for all the sins that I've done, all the sins that you've done, all the sins that humanity has done. And then he defeated death. Jesus rose again and saved us. I spy with my little eye a savior. And then the timeline goes that Jesus, he gave his people the Holy Spirit. The church became empowered. And that meant that the Holy Spirit is now helping, partnering with humanity so that we can be a people who live all about justice. And here's the deal. When we do that, when we live for justice, then other people can't help but look at us and say, oh man, they're different. I want that. I want that. I want what they have. And that's what it means to accomplish God's mission. That's what it means to live by his mission. Now, I want to be just super honest with all of you. <laughs> that's really hard. <laughs> being a person who, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but being a person who like looks up the river and says like, okay, I spy with my little eye. I'm going to focus on something that, that I don't typically focus on. That's super challenging. That's why I Spy, if you've ever played that game before, or like you have a kid and you're going through one of the I Spy books, it's super overwhelming because there's so many things that you can see and do. It can be really overwhelming to spy. Like, I don't focus on things that I don't focus on, but I'm called to do that now. Like, what? What would it look like right now if everyone listening in this moment, everyone spied with our eyes, okay? 
Like in this moment right now, what would it look like if we all focused on things that we don't typically focus on? I spy with my little eye a black sweatshirt. We already talked about this black sweatshirt. We, we spied this earlier today. But when I was told that, hey, Michael, we want you to do a talk on justice, I started to kind of like comb through my life and see uh, how I lived. And if anything that I'm like involved in, like I, I just, if they have a just past in history. So I started to research a lot of the shirts that I, that I purchase. We all have shirts. You have shirts in your closets, dressers. I do too. And I was searching and I was actually kind of shocked at what I found. I found that a lot of my shirts, to my knowledge, not, not this one, but a lot of my shirts, there weren't fair wages given to the people who created these shirts, who made these shirts. But I wanted an inexpensive shirt. Like I wanted shirts that look good. I wanted to stuff my closets, my dresser with them. I spy with my little eye. But here's the reality, like I'm, I'm just one person. I'm living in this globally interconnected, like economic society. And there's so many organizations that literally spend millions and millions of dollars to not only hide injustices, but to really build society off of them. There's, there's a lot going on up the river, a lot. And I personally, and, and, and you personally, probably you're not gonna be able to do everything to right every injustice. That's overwhelming. But that's not the point that I'm trying to make right now, Blackhawk. That's not the point. Right now in this moment, what I'm saying is what would it look like if we just opened our eyes? If we were to be people who seek to spy with our little eyes? Now I wanna be even more honest with all of you. <laughs> That's hard for me, personally. And I'm gonna go there because it's the truth. I'm a white, educated, middle-class American man. I own a car, I own a house. In a lot of ways, I'm not floating down the river. I'm, I'm having a picnic by the river because the society that I live in was really honestly built for people like me to succeed. But that's not the truth for everyone listening right now. I know that right now there are people listening who were born and raised in a different country and you and your family, you experienced different hardships, different injustices. Maybe you don't now, but maybe you and your family, maybe you do. I know that there are people listening who are people of color. And when you look back at your life, or even like right now, it's hard to see anything but injustice. You don't feel like you're having a picnic by the river in many ways and in many reasons. You feel like you're floating down the river because the society that you live in wasn't really built to help you succeed. There are people listening to this. You don't have enough money to survive. You're surprised that you've made it this far. You don't know what next week is going to look like. You don't know what next year is going to look like. There are people listening to this right now, man, you don't have adequate housing. You're listening to this right now and you're visually impaired or you're hearing impaired. You have cancer. Something's happened to your health. 
you're listening to this and man, just, just walking is difficult for you. And if you're honest, the society that you live in was not built to help you just function at a, just a basic level. I can go on and on and on. There are so many injustices when we open our eyes to them, but still, no matter where you're at, no matter what your experiences has been or is, this is what the Bible still says for us to do. It says, learn to do right, seek justice. It's not just when you're walking and you see this huge building on fire to go and do something about it. It's not if you're just walking around and there's something really big in front of you, like that screaming injustice for you to be like, oh, I wonder if I should do something. No, seek. It's saying, get your magnifying glass out. Turn over these rocks. Look for injustices. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. And this isn't something that God is just saying followers of him should try to to do, but rather you know you're a follower when you do this. James says this, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. When we become, I spy with my little eye people, when we look up the river to see what's really going on, when we focus on things that we typically don't focus on, we're going to be overwhelmed. It's a lot of stuff. We're going to start to notice things going on up the river that, that are keeping Madison from being as it is in heaven or wherever you're at. And because of that, for the rest of my time today, I want to talk about, I talked about what it looks like to seek, but I want to talk about what it looks like to do, okay? And I want to start by saying we're not meant to do this by ourselves, we're just not. If you think you are, well, think of it this way. Okay, so the Super Bowl is next week, right? Everyone's like, the Packers aren't in it, so I literally don't care. <laughs> I'm following the Bucks now. Now, the Super Bowl is next week, and if you're like me, you're in it for the commercials, okay, people? But anyway, so think of a football player. What is a football player's mission, to win the game. The football player wants to win the game. So if a football player's mission is to win the game, do you think they will be successful if they are facing a team all by themselves? I mean, think about it. Here's this football player. I'm a football player. I'm doing it by myself. This is my mission. All by myself against this overwhelming team. I hike it to myself. I catch it. I throw it to myself. I'm dodging and weaving people. I catch it. And I know what you're thinking. This guy is skilled at football. Like, I'm convinced we're going to draft him. No. What's going to happen? I'm going to fail. <laughs> Hands down, it's not going to work out. <laughs> but when I come around a team, different people with different gifts and different talents formed together. You got coaches, quarterbacks, linebackers, wide receivers. You have kickers, managers, physical therapists, people with different skills coming together for one focus, for one mission. That's a game changer. And the same is true for us on our mishpat, mishpat mission. Roman says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. 
We have different gifts according to the grace that God has given each of us. Are you a hand or a foot? Are you a mouth or like an elbow? I don't know. A body isn't, it is not just one part. It's a collection of every part coming together for one mission. That's how we look up the river and do it. And some of you might be listening to me and you might be thinking, yeah, I hear you. I read that. But I feel like one of those lesser body parts. <laughs> you know? I feel like I don't have much to give. I hear you. I remember um, a time when I graduated undergrad a long time ago. <laughs> I had a lot of debt, didn't know what I was going to do for the rest of my life, so I moved back home to try to figure it out. It was an intense season, <laughs> but not just because that season can kind of be intense for people, but my family was really going through a lot of hard stuff. And that was just kind of the story that I was used to, the narrative that I was used to. My family really, really struggled to love each other. And when I moved back home after college, it was like at an extreme. It was boiling over. I have a good relationship with my family now. We're doing great. Love them. At that time, it was tough. I had to move out. I packed my bags. I had no job, crippling debt. I was so vulnerable. And then my pastor and his wife at the church I went to before, and I, and I came back after undergrad, they saw me and they said, Michael, we have an extra room. Our son, your friend, he's off in college. Will you move in with us? Yeah, <laughs> like obviously I'm going to move in. And I moved in and it was really, really awesome. I was so thankful. But then their son got cancer. And all cancer, you know, is serious, but, but this one was easier to treat. But there was a catch. Their son needed to move back home into his room. And I knew what that meant. Strike two. I'm out another house. I was getting ready to pack my things. I remember um, my pastor and his wife, they're like, hey, come talk with us. I was sitting at the dining room table and the conversation was happening. They're like, hey, Michael, you know that our family has not been through anything like this before. It's really difficult for us. It's challenging. We don't know what to do. Our son has cancer. This is hard. And you know he's moving back into his room. I took a deep breath. I'm like, okay. Here it comes. And they said, will you stay with us? What? <laughs> they said, we have a bed we want to roll up and put in that room. Will you stay with us? And I remember saying, what are you talking about? Are you serious? And then I asked him, like my friend, are you serious? And they're all, yeah, we're serious. You're family to us now. And we want you to stay. I had nowhere else to go. I was at my bottom. So I said, yeah, I'll stay. And I want you to hear me when I say this. I had never really experienced what a loving family looks like. If you have that experience or if you're in that right now, you know what that's like, it's hard. But for me to sit front row seat to a family that wasn't perfect, but loved each other, that changed everything. I was a grown up raised in injustices around love, and now I got to be restored. And that kicked off a series of different events for me and decisions that I would make because of that love. And I'm standing here today because of that. Because of that decision, I'm here. 
They didn't have much. They saw me. They moved towards me. Didn't have much. A lot was going on, but they had a room. What do you have? What do you have? I know you don't have much. I know that there is a lot going on right now. But do you have a room? Do you have extra finances? Five, ten bucks. Are you good at something? Do you have a skill? What would it look like to use that gift that God has given you to move towards people? And I don't know, maybe you're gifted at technology or sewing or a craft or like carpentry or something like that. What would it look like for you to use that gift and move towards people who need justice in their lives? Maybe it's volunteering somewhere. Maybe you're a person who has particular resources or particular power in your organization. And moving towards someone means moving towards someone who has a different experience than you and bringing justice to their life is giving them a seat at your table, even if it can mean your seat. Maybe you need to go to blackhawk.church and see what our impact ministry is doing or different local nonprofits in your area and join in the effort, start volunteering with them, see what they're doing. What would it look like to come alongside people who are experiencing homelessness, people who don't have enough food, adequate education or equitable employment? Maybe systemic racial injustice, ah, you're done with it. You don't know what to do, but you wanna make equitable pathways for people who are experiencing it so that they maybe can have hope at a just future. Listen, I can go on. There are so many different injustices from social to racial to economic. There's injustices in our climate, in our world, how we treat animals. There are injustices everywhere. And I'm starting to get a little overwhelmed right now. I don't know if you are. And right now you might be thinking about 10 different things that Blackhawk Church could be doing, but hold up. I'm not talking about that right now. We're, we're trying and a lot of you are joining in what we're doing. What I'm talking about is what you can personally, you personally do. When you look up that river and you see what's going on, I know that it's overwhelming. I know it is. I took this picture out of a kid's I spy book. That's super overwhelming. It's also a throwback to Christmas. It looks like Santa Claus puked. It's fine. There's a lot going on here. It's overwhelming. But will you imagine with me if right now, instead of Christmas decorations and di different Christmas things, every injustice in your neighborhood was there. Every injustice in your city was there. Every injustice in your state was there. Every injustice in your country and your world. Right now, we are downloading every single injustice into this picture. I am overwhelmed. Like, how do we even do anything? Are you kidding me? I spy with my little eye. Someone, we can go back to the last picture. Someone who needs a room. I spy with my little eye. Someone right there. They don't need much. They just need a kind word. You don't know them. You don't know what they're going through, but they need desperately someone to believe in them. I spy. And so many people are doing this. We can go on. I spy with my little eye. A just brew. They're brewing coffee for a cause. These are UW-Madison students on Fridays at Upper House. They brew coffee and they sell it to anyone in the public. And 100% of the proceeds, the profits that they make, go to International Justice Mission, where they're trying to end global human trafficking. 
I spy with my little eye, Mo Cheeks. I love Mo. Mo bakes bread for a cause. A lot of his friends gathered together and they started bread and justice and they sell bread and 100% of the proceeds go to different local nonprofits that are trying to make a just society. I've had his bread too, it's really good. I spy with my little eye, Blackhawk High School students who make dessert for a cause. A couple of Blackhawk High School students started something called Saronghae Desserts. Saronghae means I love you in Korean. They make and sell desserts, and 100% of the proceeds go to um, different local nonprofits that are moving towards the most vulnerable. I went to a wedding, and they catered the desserts, and it was really, really good. I spy with my little eye Janet Tupi and some friends who make mittens for a cause. They upcycle wool and make mittens. They started an organization called Remits, and they sell these mittens November and December at a lot of different stores in the Dane County area. And 100% of the proceeds, the profits that they make, they go to different local food pantries. I can go on and on and on and on and on. There are so many people, so many of you who are doing so many great things. And as a church, what would it look like if together we linked arms? You might not have much, a lot's going on, but what's that one thing that you do have? What if we link arms, we join a team and we look up the river and together we march up it, we see what's going on and we say, hey, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. It's this invitation to become I spy with my little eye people. To seek justice. To restore the image of God that's been tarnished by the world and God's children and in his creation. Let's be that people. Let's pray. Jesus, justice is messy. Justice is overwhelming. Justice is complicated. Justice is costly. Justice is hard. Justice can be divisive. Justice is you. Justice is your son. Justice is your word. Justice is what you call us to. Justice is your kingdom. Justice is your hope for humanity. So I pray, God, that we don't just pass by this word, but we hold on to this idea that it's a word that is at your very heart. And that we do a diagnostic in our life the things that we're involved in and who we hope to be. And God, I pray that we can hope to be people of justice so that everyone else in the world can look at us and can see what's going on in our city, that it's being more and more like Madison as it is in heaven or wherever you're at and everyone around can't help but say, I want that. I want that. Amen.